Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast, the podcast that's ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does t- cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Wheel of Crime podcast. My name is Jen. And my name is Emily. Yes, welcome back. Uh, a week has once again passed. Here we are. whoopie do. <laughs> it is now the last week of September. September. No, it's not. We have one more week of September, but next week is next friday is september 30th and we shall begin our spooktober episodes a little early a a day early yeah really vaguely early it's basically the last week of september i'm gonna count it anyways (laughs) exactly yes the the fall wind has finally blown in i'm much happier i am not built for 30 above weather terrible hate it i know yeah, last night my partner and I went for a little evening stroll and like I was wearing a like a light jacket and he was wearing like a sweater and shorts and I was like, ooh, there's like a little chill in the breeze. It feels <laughs> like a September night. Right. I keep getting emails from all these different like Halloween type events that somehow have my email and it's like pumpkins after dark are you getting your tickets this year and i'm like i don't know yet i mean that's because we went last year and it was fun i would be up for going again it was fun we'll have to we'll have to figure it out because i'm not really sure halloween's like on a weird day this year i feel i know it's close to the weekend but is it on an actual weekend day it's on a monday but yeah so like weekend adjacent because i feel like people are really going to be turning it up the friday the saturday and probably the sunday i mean i know i am because i i freaking love halloween do you have an idea yet of what you want to be for halloween i don't know we don't usually dress up because we usually just like watch spooky movies and and stuff like that i mean when i say usually i mean like the last couple of years because halloween's kind of been canceled because of the pandemic so I feel like we might actually, like, go see people this year. (laughs) I know how scandalous. Uh, But I don't know yet. So if we do do costumes, it'll probably be a last-minute thing. I see. I see. See, I am the opposite. I've had my uh, costume planned, I think, since, like, February of this year. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going as? Well, I usually have a few because I like going to multiple Halloween events that that really that's a lot of fun for me um Mm -hmm. so my big one so like my feature costume for i always go to this one really big halloween party every year usually the last couple years have obviously been different where there's like somewhere between 30 to 50 people and my costume for that one is going to be um female austin powers Ooh, that's fun right i (laughs) I already have the costume figured out i'm so stoked especially because like so i have been telling people what i'm going as but um i feel like that's just like not it's very non-traditional and but still iconic in the way where most people know who that is so i'm very curious on how it's gonna go that's so exciting 
I love that for you. I am very <laughs> excited. And then um, as for the other ones, I have yet to decide, but I usually bank about uh, three different costume ideas and then kind of rotate between them depending on what I'm doing. So we'll see. Because one of them is a Shrek party, right? Yeah. So that one, um, I think it'll be closer to the day when people actually like solidly decide who's going to be who that'll have my costume figured out for that one. So I guess that would be my second one. And then um, for a third one, I usually have like a daytime one planned out, like a more casual one to wear for like visiting family, going to work, like just being in the spirit of the holiday and not full sending it where you feel like your ankles are going to snap off and you can't eat, you know. That's true. Last year uh, for work, I went as a pirate and I only went in as a pirate. We figured out our costumes the night before. Did you just wear that so hat I ordered and an eye patch? Literally. And then <laughs> some of the people, because we went as like a team costume because I work in film. And so like my whole department, all everyone dressed up as a pirate. Okay. That was the vibe. And some of the people didn't have hats i was one of them but i was given a hat but there was not enough hats for everyone so i spent a good two hours making paper hats for everyone because that's like the perfect use of my time right (laughs) (laughs) i mean it sounds like fun i'd rather do that than most other things i mean i it was a volunteer position that i uh volunteered myself for and no one asked me to do so you know it's good stuff i uh it's noble work really (laughs) uh uh a a plausible no uh what what word am i looking for uh i can't remember it's an a word you're you're a very sweet a word (laughs) Ah! sweet asshole (laughs) (laughs) the sweetest of all assholes volunteering constantly good for you um See, I went my my daytime outfit last year because uh, I feel like it was either last year or the year before, but one of the two years Halloween was like canceled, canceled, where it was like, don't even see people or the police will be at your door. No trick-or-treaters, like lock that shit down. Yes. And whatever one that one was, I was one of the only people in the office because most people were working from home and I, and I was the only person who dressed up, but that's fine because there was only five of us there and <laughs> I went as a Yeti. <laughs> that's fun that would have most likely been october 2020 uh, that's what i'm thinking because i'm not like i said time frames with like between 2019 and like earlier this year are just so wacky to me still i think it's almost like it like befuddles into like one year of just random chaos and then i remember nothing i mean 2019 for me was all like pre-pandemic and then 2020 2021 are like pandemic years and this year's like i feel like the first weird hybrid year where it's like kind of pandemic kind of not people are very over it who fucking knows yeah and then it's like on one end you have people who are catching covid like every other day but nobody gives a shit anymore but then you still have to wear a mask at the airport like, it's like a whole thing. And at the doctor's office, but, like, not anywhere else. Honestly, I will probably wear a mask at the doctor's office for the rest of time. Thank you. Okay, I'm actually on the same page. I was trying to describe this to somebody the other day where I was like, yeah, I don't really mind having to wear a mask at the doctor's office. And they were like, yes, that's just what big gov health man wants you to think. And I'm like, no, you see, though, I go to the doctor's office and there's always a elderly man 
hacking up a lung in the chair beside me and I've never mm-hmm. liked it. And now I have protection. I'm okay with that. Honestly, same. Especially like the emergency room. Mm-hmm. It feels like if, if I'm going to get a deadly illness, that's where it's happening. Oh, absolutely. That or Calgary Stampede as, we, as we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will probably wear a mask to from now on. Absolutely. I know. I thought about that too. And I was like, with what I've experienced the last couple of years, like what kinds of places will I wear a mask on? Public transport. I think so. Calgary mm-hmm. Stampede, I might just not even go ever again. Fuck that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> With how sick we were, I think I think I'm okay. I I'll yeah. do a, I'll do a pass on that. I think. Um, and then like Same. obviously like we just talked about the other places that make sense, like the doctor's office and uh, other random places. So I mean, I feel like the airport makes sense too. If yeah. I'm being honest, especially airport bathrooms. Yeah, but think about how sick you were. When we flew to Europe together, you were like ill because of Snack Man. I know. And that was in what, 2018? And then when I went (laughs) to Vegas in May of this year, I came back sick again. And then I went to Florida or Florida, uh, whatever year that was. I think it was 2019. It would have been early 2019, I'm pretty sure. And I got really sick from that too. So like, I don't just, I don't trust people at all in general. I feel like that's a given. Number one. (laughs) Number two. I do not trust uh, planes for lots of things, uh, but not for the falling out of the sky. Definitely for the germs. That's my number one as far as planes go. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I don't know. I'm happy in some regards that, I don't know. Honestly, I don't really mind wearing a mask, so I'm like, it's kind of whatever. It is nice to feel like life is sort of getting back to normal, but I it don't know. It will definitely take a while. A lot of... Lots of big, big things going on in the world, I feel like, currently. It'll be a while yet before we get back to something sub, subnormal. Me thinks. Yes, me thinks that too. But anyways, we should, uh, we've been going on for a while. We should probably spin our <laughs> wheel of questions. Yes, we shall. Okay, so if you, I feel like, so, I'm gonna preface. Some of these questions will be similar to questions that I've asked in the past, but I kind of don't mind re-asking certain questions just to see if anything's changed with life experience. So, okay. this is one of those questions where I'm pretty sure I've asked it before, but I put it in anyways just because I like it. Uh, <laughs> so, if you saw something unexplainable in the woods, like just in the woods, uh, what would you do? Like, is this one of those things where uh, you would, like, be like, wow, I saw this really freaky thing in the woods and I have to tell everybody? Or would you be like, I can't tell anybody, they will think I'm a crazy person? I feel like it would really depend what it was. If it was, like, a mytholo- like if I'm like, I saw Bigfoot, honestly, I'd probably just keep my mouth shut because I'd be like, you know what? No one needs to know. He's living his life. <laughs> Bigfoot, I got you. We're tight. Your secret's, Your secret's safe secret. with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, that's super funny. I never would have expected you to say that, but I love it. That's great. <laughs> you know, but if it was like, I don't even know. If what if I'm it was like, like an saw... alien or something? I don't know. I also feel like I. Their secret's safe with me. If I okay. saw like a lightning what strike, if, 
a dead animal and then it came back to life, I would tell everyone. I'd be like, Miss Blabbermouth. I'd be like, literally, um, the movie Frankenweenie, that's a documentary. That's a documentary. We must rewrite history, guys. We <laughs> must. Okay, so what if it was like some sort of like like hybrid animal? Like kind of what we've talked about before? Or what if it was like like a crime but you weren't really sure what you saw uh if it was a crime i would i would be a good upstanding citizen and for sure report that shit you know but like what if it was one of those things where like you came across like a camp in the woods and it was literally like like people roasting like another person on the fire like would you say anything absolutely i would want the inside scoop i would get the the interviews right then and there and then i would you'd like you'd pull up the microphone and go over to the campfire hello this <laughs> this is jen with the 411 news what brought you to this place <laughs> okay first of all i would get the inside scoop second of all I would go straight to the police. I'd be like, you're all going to jail. And now I have your recorded testimony. So um, good luck in court. There you go, guys. I guess Jen's the best person to bring with you into the woods. Because, um, <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. Where if I saw something unexplainable, even if I wasn't entirely sure what I saw, I would still be telling people. Like, I would I would literally be the elderly person being like, let me tell you about the time I saw Bigfoot in the woods. And then everybody would be like, <laughs> sure, Grandma. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because mm, my partner has a family member who does believe in in Bigfoot, so... That sounds like my family as as well. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's a stigma and I'd be like, you know what, I'm okay with keeping his secret. He's not hurting anyone. Imagine on your deathbed that people would be like, Jen, (laughs) what... What's something that you that you need to tell us before you move on? And then you just look up them and you're like, Bigfoot is real. <laughs> Beep. I'd be like that bitch. How dare the fucking she? Fucking flatline right is it's about to get juicy. That would be very on par for you though. Like I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> See, and I also, I love keeping things to myself. I love keeping secrets. I Because then I can pull these stories out of my fucking, like, asshole at a moment's notice. And people like you, who have known me for many years, and I feel like I've told you a lot of things. Yeah. I tell you something, and you're like, when did this happen? What the fuck? Why are you mentioning this now, years later? And I'm like, just to keep things spicy. Just to keep things spicy. See, I'm the opposite, where sometimes I just forget things, and then one day I'm like, oh yeah, and then blah blah blah, and you like look at me with these big old eyes, and you're like, excuse me? And I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, I totally forgot to tell you. (laughs) I mean, I do that too sometimes, but you know, sometimes you just gotta keep things to yourself, so that at a moment's notice, when the time is right, you can pull that shit out. When the secrets are ripe for the picking from the gossip tree. Literally, I live for the drama. I love it. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta, like, spice up the storyline sometimes, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Let's spin for our next question. So, in your opinion, what is, like, the spookiest thing about nature? Like, in any aspect? Mm, the fact that bugs are just, like, allowed to exist and crawl everywhere i don't like it 
That's, That's spooky. Point. That's spooky. And they all look creepy as fuck. Like, why did nature make that happen? Like, why is... Why does a beetle gotta look like that? He looks terrifying. Literally, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, in Canada here, we have uh, these things called spruce beetles. Terrifying. They will take a chunk out of you and they are huge and disgusting. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say spruce beetle? Mm -hmm. They're those really long black ones with the giant antennae and the huge pinchers and they will like fly and climb all over you. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like any of it. Who who allowed that? We should make it illegal. I agree. That should be illegal. If anything, definitely that. Bugs, they're now illegal. Oh, yeah. Vote for um, me for Prime Minister of Canada 2026. <laughs> ban all bugs. I mean, I, I'd be on board with that. I don't know how you do it, but I'd be like, you know what? I feel, I feel for this cause. <laughs> okay, I got at least one vote, guys. We're going to make it. I'm going to be the new prime minister, a writing candidate. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think about what I would think the spookiest thing about nature is. I feel like you could get really deep with that depending on, like, what you're thinking about. Like, like I feel like it's full of secrets, which, like, is kind of cool sometimes, but also spooky. Um, mm-hmm. But the I think for me, the spookiest thing about nature is... A, a couple things. Number one, uh, there will be things that will hunt you that are smarter, faster, and stronger than you, and they will get you if they want to. So that's pretty spooky. And then number two, um, I would say maybe, the th- like I said, like the things that we don't really know about it, like say, for example, if there's like a cave system that you just like step in the wrong spot and like fly to the land below the earth or what. <laughs> Whatever that uh, book is called. Uh, it's like the one where they're like spelunking and then they find dinosaurs in the earth. Mm. Journey to the center of the earth. See, if that were, there was something like that in Canada, I would be very scared of that. Because I would be like, I do not want to do that. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Well, are you going to tell them about your wilderness story that you told me for the first time the other day? Or are you going to save that for our spooky stories episode at the end of the month i mean we could share that right now because that was pretty spooky and it was in the woods (laughs) but uh yeah no so what jen's talking about is is it was like during the pandemic i went for a hike uh on this trail that's like pretty popular um in alberta and it takes you up to an old like decommissioned uh fire watch basically because they have those up in the mountains right and my friend and i had just started this hike and we got maybe 20 minutes up the trail when i noticed that the like um birds and like bugs and squirrels had all just like stopped like we went from it basically being like like chirpa chirpa in the woods (laughs) to being just dead silent and um Basically, I noticed this and I like looked at her and I was like, hey, so uh, this doesn't feel right. And then basically, as soon as I talked to her, we like overheard this like really weird sound coming from kind of like further up the trailer, up the trail. And it literally sounded like a walkie talkie turning on and off like (laughs) over and over again. And then I was like, that's pretty fucking weird. And then 
we're like trying to figure out like do we keep going do we turn back because at that point i'm like if the birds aren't chirping anymore i am getting bad juju vibes from this trail and i am not into it anymore and then as the we worst were, like, vibes literally the worst vibes like I, it was one of those things too where like at, like the longer we were there i just felt like a, just like a ball of like just anxiety and just like all of the hairs were standing from the back of my neck and I was like, I do not feel safe here. And then um, before we figured out what we were going to do, all of a sudden between like these weird, like kind of like walkie talkie sounding sounds, it started to sound like somebody was speaking, but not like almost like they were speaking, but that they didn't know how to like, it just was very like, like it, it was like an imitation of English. Like, it didn't sound like a real language at all. Like, it just sounded like something that was pretending to speak. And at that point, um, especially because, so just to, to give some background for you guys, our lovely listeners, um, when we got there, we were the only vehicle in the parking lot. There was no other people at this place yet because we went pretty early in the day. Um, and there isn't a chance that there was somebody there because they there isn't like overnight camping or anything. So we were the only people who should have been on this trail. And um, so after we started hearing like what sounded like almost English, I was like, I am leaving. And I turned <laughs> around and we started walking back on the trail. And then it was like about, ten, we basically got right back out to the parking lot. And there's like a couple other people who like all parked there and were like, hey, like, don't go out there. Like, there is something on the trail. We're not sure what it is. But, like, um, obviously, if the birds don't want to be heard, not a good sign. No. So, we packed our shit up and we left. And I tried searching up later on to see what it was. And the closest thing that the internet could come up with was that it was a cougar or siren head. So, <laughs> we- <laughs> two very different options. So, you can decide what you think, uh, what you think it was. But... But yeah, no, I've asked, I've told people a few, uh, uh, this story a few times and most people think it was probably a cougar if that was the gist of it. But it, it, it's a little weird though, just some of the, like the accompanying things. And it was like right on the trail. Like you couldn't see what was making the sound, but you could see that whatever it was, was maybe about like 10 feet away from us, like in the bush. Like it was not that far away from us. That is super spooky. I definitely... I feel like I'm on the track of it was probably a cougar, but that is like terrifying because those motherfuckers will come and get you. Oh, absolutely. Well, and the uh, here's the other weird thing though, which I'm not sure if I shared with you last time, but one of the people that I told this story to and I was mentioning that I thought it was a cougar um, is somebody who goes hunting pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And they had told me that it would be very unlikely to hear a cougar Because they, especially if they are, like, in an area where they're looking to eat something, wouldn't be making noises so that you know that they were there. You would hear the birds not chirping, and then you would know nothing else. That is horrifying. I know. So then I was like, okay, well, if it wasn't a cougar, because it, like, why? Because he made a good point. I was like, if something is a predator in the area... It shouldn't be making noises to be heard. And whatever it was, it was definitely by itself. Like, there wasn't, like, a community of these weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it was injured, which is possible. But I don't know. So after he mentioned that, I was like, you know, I didn't think about that. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> My only that. other thought is that, like, someone had walked onto the trail or something and got attacked by 
a cougar or some sort of other predator and they were like trying to walk you for help see but that's like that was another thing where i mentioned to this person who goes hunting like that side of things as well where i was like oh like maybe it literally could have just been a person on walkie talkie and again his thing was is that um generally speaking birds and animals and insects don't view humans as being like an apex predator so you would still hear those things if it was actually a person on a walkie-talkie. But not if the cougar was still nearby. I mean, maybe. But, like, that was the other thing, too, is I never, ever saw anything after that about a missing person or, um, you know, about an attack. Uh, there was never a cougar sighting on the trail. Like, nothing ever came up after that. Hmm. We'll never know, but it is super spooky. Definitely. And again, uh, Jen was right. That's another one of those stories where I'm like, wow, here's this really freaky thing that happened that I never told you about. And she just looks at me and she's like, why? (laughs) Why do you do this to me? I mean, maybe you're also just trying to keep things spicy. Uh, It's my memory. I got a bad one. (laughs) It makes things spicy on its own. (laughs) Not right. Let's spin for our next question. So does the idea of being in the mountains at night scare you? Or bring you peace? Mm, I really feel like it depends on the situation. If I was stranded in the mountains without protection, I would be pretty freaked out because of all Mm. of the wildlife we have here in Canada. Lots of bears, cougars, and others that could easily kill me. Or, you know, people, too. They exist to murder as well. Um, if I'm driving through or if I'm, like, in a city situation, I'm happy. I love the mountains. <laughs> See, uh, Ma, I had a very similar thought pattern with this question where I, I like the idea of being in the mountains at night, assuming that I'm with a group of people. Yeah. And I have a tent, at least. But, um, if I was by myself, even with a tent, but if I was by myself... Uh, I would not be vibing with the situation. I would not be all that peaceful. I would be very concerned. Yeah, even if it was, like, camping by myself, which I don't think would ever happen because I don't camp, especially not by myself, Mm -hmm. uh, I would probably be pretty, like, on edge at night, just, like, worried about making sure that nothing happened. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's spin for our last question. Cool, let's do it. Do you want to or know another language? I kind of. Okay, so yes to both, but one's with a question mark, (laughs) if that makes sense. So I'm currently, I know like I'm a beginner at French right now. I'm trying to become fluent because it just would come in handy for my job and then i'm Mm -hmm. intermediate at asl oh okay my brother who's autistic uh when he was really little we had to learn uh kind of like beginner sign language for him because that's the only way that he would communicate with us i totally forgot about that part of my life yeah i don't know a few years ago it honestly started because i was watching this teen drama called switched at birth uh where one of the characters is deaf and, you know, uses ASL. 
And I just, like, really was intrigued. And I was like, that would be a handy skill to have. Not that I have anyone in my life who uses ASL, but just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you never know, right? So I'm past beginner. I'm at intermediate. I haven't been, like, practicing regularly because, you know, haven't really seen people. Just, I've let my skill get a little rusty, but... So I mm-hmm. I kind of know ASL. I'm not like super confident. So I don't know if that's like I know another language or if it's like I know another language, kind of. I would say if it's something that you like practice at, then it, then like you're 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 on your way. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm intermediate, but I'm not advanced. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yep. Um, I, on the other hand, speak zero other languages other than English, and I can do that barely. Uh, so it's already not looking good, but, um, as for like wanting to know another language, oh, hell yeah. There's been lots of, lots of times where I've been somewhere and either I really like how it sounds, like how it rolls off the tongue when people speak it fluently or, um, the convenience of knowing something, say for example, in Canada, if you know French, that already puts you so far ahead for however many things and like that type of thing. So like, I don't know, there's definitely lots of things that I would want to do. But I think that how my brain absorbs information that the I would be a little lost in the phonetics of most languages. It's it's not something that really comes all that easily to me. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's like my partner, he is fluent in French. Like he got a French diploma in high school and he's like beginner to intermediate in Spanish. So your partner is in Mr. John Speaks French fluently. Yeah, he's bilingual. You're shitting me. <laughs> no. You were pulling my leg. No, he he went he was in French immersion in school. You were totally making this up. I'm literally not. You can text you, him and ask you him yourself. You are absolutely making this up. I'm 100% being honest with you. He's bilingual. No, he's not. Yes, he literally is. No, he isn't. He's a little Frenchy. He's a French boy. He was boy? in French immersion. Does the little French boy want a French fry? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just okay. I am flabbergasted. This has never once come up in any of our conversations since you introduced him t- to me in high school. This is the first I am hearing of this. Yeah, he used to text me cute like little love notes in French when we first started going out. It was really cute. <laughs> This has to be made up. There's no way this is real. It's real. I promise you. I'm not lying. Okay, first it's that he's a competitive bowler. And now you're telling me he <laughs> fluently speaks French? He's a man of mystery. What can I say? Is he also an astronaut? What else don't I know about him? <laughs> well, you have at least a year before our wedding to learn the ins and out of my partner. So Jesus, get studying. Hey. Apparently, I know nothing exciting. Good for me. Uh, But yeah, so he's been helping me with my French lessons, which is nice. Uh Uh-huh. I still don't think I believe you. But you know what? We'll put a bookmark in that. (laughs) I will, I will do, I'll run my own tests later. Literally ask him. (laughs) 
Well, no, because now i got to play the long game. You see, this is the same thing as the bowling. <laughs> I have yet to, to bring up a situation where I can be like, when, are you going to pull out your customized bowling ball, John? I need, I need to park that information in there and let it simmer for a bit. Literally come over. I'll get the bowling bag ball out my, or the bowling bag out myself. I've been at your house and I've never seen this bowling ball. I'm starting to think you're just like making stuff up. And then eventually I'm going to be talking to John one day and he's going to be like, I've never even been bowling before. <laughs> literally ask of yourself uh-huh yeah sure um but uh that concludes our wheel of questions uh do you have any idea what we're talking about today since we mentioned it the last time i had my episode yes we are talking about the spooky stories around the appalachian mountains Oh, hell yeah! Which I did get a new description for you about fun facts about the Appalachians. So, um, while in exploring inland along the northern coast of Florida in 1528, the members of the Narvaez expedition, including Alvar Nuez Cabeza de Va- uh, Vaca, found a Native American village near present-day Tallahassee, Florida, whose name they just transcribed as Apalchen or Appalachian. And the name was soon altered by the Spanish to Appalachie and used as a name for the tribe and region spreading well uh, inland into the north. Panfilo de Narvaez Narvaez, uh, expedition first entered Appalachie territory on June 15, 1528 and applied the name to the area. And now uh, it is spelled Appalachian and it is the fourth oldest surviving European place name in the U.S. In case you wanted to know where the name Appalachian even came from. I I did. How did you know? I know many things. And apparently not that your partner speaks French and I've only known you guys for like, I don't know, eight years. Well, I've known you for more than eight years. We've been over that before. Him for sure. It's been eight years. Almost ten. I know. And apparently I'm just learning these like very (laughs) like intrinsical facts about him and his life. Fluent in French. Get the fuck out of here. Anyways. (laughs) I am going to share with you some spooky stories that people have experienced in the Appalachian Mountains. But to start with, I'm going to give you some, like, uh, general... Because you remember how before I told you that there's a lot of, like, myths and legends that were kind of passed down through people in the area? Mm -hmm. And they weren't necessarily experienced by people of today? So I have some of those stories just kind of, like, as a summary to read to you first. And then I have a couple of stories from Reddit from people who experienced, like, things in person themselves in the Appalachian Mountains and shared it on Reddit. Very exciting. Take her away, Em. Yes. So, in May 1972, a hiker saw a ghost from another time. The hiker was walking alone and noticed a heavy ground fog had started to surround him. He looked up and saw a person walking with a heavy coat and a wide-brimmed hat. The man slowly staggered about, looking at the ground as if he was looking for something that he had lost. The man started walking towards the hiker, still looking at the ground, and so the hiker moved to avoid him. When they were too close to each other, the man suddenly looked at the hiker, who instantly became afraid of the man's cloudy blue eyes, and then stared straight through him. He was also shocked to realize that the man's clothes all seemed to come from a different time period. The hiker tried to say hello, But the man did not respond. After the hiker walked a little distance, he turned back only to discover that the man had completely disappeared. That's spooky as heck. Right? Um, I hope I never encounter a ghost in real life. 
See, that's my thing, is that I don't mind, like, meeting a ghost conceptually, like, in essence. But I feel like if I was, like, walking a path in the woods by myself and, like, came across a person wearing clothes from, like, the 1700s, I would just pass away on the spot. Like, there's no way. I'd be like, Mr. Ghost, now is not the time. I <laughs> Not today. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're gonna have to reschedule, like... This is not enough notice. Mm. This is... You'll have to reschedule. Uh, actually, my my head and my heart uh, can't handle the information that I'm receiving right now. So I'm going to need you to schedule in on a different day to make your ghostly appearance. Because right now, not a good time. <laughs> it's going to be a hard pass for me. In the woods, absolutely not. You Pick a better that, place. Literally. So that's that guy. And then the next one is um, uh, a legend from the Cherokee. So... Um, this is what it says. The spear finger legend originates from the Cherokee and has been used to scare children for years. She is a witch-like hag who is said to be able to take on the persona of a sweet old grandmother. She lurks around the highest peaks of the Smoky Mountains, keeping a special eye out for children who have wandered away from their parents. She likes to prey on their fear, telling them that she will help them find their parents and then slowly sing them to sleep. Once the child is sleeping soundly, Spearfinger will use her fingers to gouge up their liver and eat it in front of them. I don't like that at all. No. I also, like, beyond ghosts, I also hate the idea of a old woman singing me to sleep in the mountains and then stealing my liver. No thank you. Yeah. But, but that's basically the summary on that one. I could get more into, like, that particular legend, but it's just for the area so i'll move on to the next one i just so the next one hold on hold on <laughs> i just i there's so many things i just want to say there are so many things about that one that i do not like um and it may make me reconsider my visit to the appalachian mountains just oh, saying absolutely and like my big thing too is like why the liver like have you have you ever smelled liver like just out of curiosity i know that you're a uh, vegan vegetarian uh but have you ever smelled what liver smells like like beef liver like the kind that british people get at the grocery store yeah it doesn't smell great and also it's literally one of the worst things i've ever smelled in my whole life i bought one once because uh this was during my iron deficiency phase where they were trying they were like giving me different things to include in my diet and one of them was liver and it genuinely smells so terrible that my countertops and my sink smelt like liver for months. Months after buying it. It's not worth it. And here she is, raw dogging it in the woods. Ew. Liver, straight in the mouth. <laughs> raw dogging it. Also, can't she be a little more considerate? I need my liver. She can have my other kidney or something. Or like she one can of my toes. Have my appendix. I'm pretty sure she can have my tonsils and my appendix. She can have those ones. Yeah, three course meal. But liver, I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> You're like, I do like to drink wine, and I would like to continue doing so. So like, just pick a different organ. Like, I'll give you a list of the acceptable ones. Yeah, like a one to ten of like which is most acceptable <laughs> to eat. <laughs> You could just have this one. What's your next legend? <laughs> so uh, my next one is uh, called Dudley Town. And so Dudley Town uh, has a ominous nickname, which is also known as the Village of the Damned. It's called that because of its horrifying history. It was founded by descendants of Edmund Dudley, who was beheaded by Henry the... 
see, I don't know my Roman numbers very well, but it's Henry V-I-I-I, which might be the sixth. I'm not entirely sure. That would be Henry the Eighth. Oh, I was only two off. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> I was only two off. It's close enough. Um, but Mr. Dudley was beheaded by Henry the Eighth for treason and was said to have cursed land and a cursed family. And the Appalachian Trail runs right by it. So Dudley Town was built in the 18th century and was abandoned in the 19th century, leaving only ruins in its wake. And nobody knows for sure why it was abandoned, but some people believe it's because residents who stayed there soon went insane or committed suicide after they claimed that they were possessed by demons. Mm. Nowadays, people report seeing strange lights and orbs in the surrounding area. They see little orbs? Yeah, like floating orbs and strange lights around Dudley Town. That's concerning. Maybe someone right? should check into that. Potentially. You would think so. But then, so I only have one more. They're like, now nah, we're of- just gonna, that's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's cool. Well, they're like, well, nobody lives there anyways. So like, why do we care? <laughs> the orbs can have it. That's their land now. It belongs to them. Okay. Don't make fun of them. They live here now. It's run by an orb council. Like they've got their own setup. The council like- of orbs. <laughs> Okay, guys, what kind of supernatural bullshit are we going to be up to this next week? I think we should uh, just do another run around the Village of the Dam and scare some scare some hikers. Maybe put on some clothes from the 1700s and call it good. I like your idea. <laughs> exactly. The liver lady, she needs to consult the Council of Orbs because that's unacceptable. She absolutely needs to. Um, so I have one more general story and then I have my Reddit stories for you, okay? All right. Yes. My last one is... Every year, about 24 hikers go missing on the Appalachian Trail, on average. Um, But a vast majority of them are usually found within two days. That's what makes the particular case of a lady named Geraldine Largay even more mysterious. The 66-year-old was halfway through the hiking trail in 2013, when she just vanished. On that day, she was planning on hiking eight miles north to meet her husband at a rest stop. Throughout her entire journey, the husband met up with her at certain points to to provide encouragement and supplies, but Largate never arrived. Her body was then found in 2015, just 30 minutes away from a road that led into town. Hmm. Well, I don't love that. They should... No. The Council of Orbs (laughs) needs to get involved for this one, too. Absolutely. Uh, And with that particular one, um, with her being missing and then just suddenly her body being found 30 minutes outside of town, I'm going to share with you a couple of stories from the Appalachian Mountains, and then that might make a little bit more sense to you, depending uh, based off of what these people's stories are, okay? Okay. Wait, wait. Do you have any theories? Do you think it's like, it is something supernatural, or do you think it's just murderers? Uh, with her, um, I think it might be, I don't really want to give away one of the stories, but, um, I will say that I think in her case, it probably has a lot to do with the general notoriety of the Appalachian Trail, because you remember how last time I gave you kind of like the, the factual beef Mm -hmm. of the Appalachian Mountains as my, as my story that week? Yeah. So in, in part one, another reason why... I gave that information to you the way that I did is so that it kind of linked a little bit more into understanding why these stories are the way that they are. Because remember how I was telling you that in these isolated communities, 
Um, they often uh, intermarried between families and there was a huge issue with like food and they had to have those social workers come up there and all these different things. Yeah. So just keep those particular facts in mind about how, how rural it was, the not being super socialized outside of people um, from their own families the whole thing where it mentioned that they are they were very welcoming towards strangers to come and stay in their like homes and their towns and stuff like that keep that in mind as well and then um definitely the the lack of resources and the retreating into the mountains those thi- those three things are going to be very poignant in these reddit stories okay okay i've got those floating around my one i've got them orbiting my one brain cell if you will <laughs> The Orb Council just lives in Jenny's head. <laughs> the, the Council of Orbs would like to begin. <laughs> With, they've got one gavel in there just knocking shit around. <laughs> it would explain so much. Right? Alright, so my first story for you is actually from a deleted user on Reddit. So their username is not currently linked to this story, but but it is still up there. So... Um, these stories are going to be read from a first person perspective, but as I feel like everybody here is aware, I am not from the Appalachian Mountains. I do not live there and I know nothing other than what I've told you guys. So every, every I that I say is not me. It is deleted user. Okay. For this story. We're going POV for this one. (laughs) Absolutely. So let us begin. I could give you a million times as a kid and a young adult that I felt scared or paranoid playing in the woods. It is a beautiful place and I spent my entire childhood getting lost, not literally, out there by myself or with friends. As kids, we never got too far out there, but you could actually see the progression of us venturing further and further out as we got older because forts and carvings that we would leave behind would go deeper into the woods. So... This one particular time, like a thousand times before, my friend and I had just graduated high school and it was our last summer of freedom uh, and we spent the entire summer camping and hiking out in the woods. Um, We had decided to try and find a new place to set up camp and walked for what felt like a few miles before we came to a nice clearing. The area was relatively new to both of us and we got the camp set up and the fire going. The plan was to wait until nightfall, smoke some weed, and play Monopoly. Which, like, I'm not as a huge weed smoker myself, but that does sound like fun for some people who just got out of high school. It like, sounds two be- like a two vibe. besties, Monopoly, camping, weed. Like, you got all your bases covered. It's true. Could be a vibe. Could be a vibe. So, for the sake of backstory on my friend and I, my buddy is a smaller, really goofy guy and comes from a family of foresters and always had a deep understanding of all like the trees and like the different kind of plants and areas that you could come across. And he had no fear of going and camping out by himself. So basically, if I had spent about 10,000 hours in the woods, he's spent probably about 50,000. And as for me, I'm kind of taller, a little bit sturdier. And as we got older, I spent more time worrying about worried about women and sports than about and the woods became like a place for small parties. Also, I never had the balls to camp out alone. Uh, in fact, older me wouldn't go very far at all when I was alone because I could never really shake the feeling of being watched, which was just paranoia mostly, <laughs> but still an uneasy feeling. So anyways, the camp is set, the fire is going and it's getting lower and it needs wood. The sun is down and we're both cutting it, uh, cutting up wood and just in general having a good time. My friend is sitting on this little chair he always brought and loading up his makeshift bong. And I was crouched, like, 
uh, behind kind of breaking off some of the excess limbs off of some of the logs that we had gathered for the fire. All of a sudden, the strong breeze cuts through the clearing. And I could tell you, uh, I couldn't tell you if it was the suddenness of it or what, but my friend and I both stopped immediately and looked at each other. The breeze went just long enough to flicker the fire down to a small flame. So we ended up both like completely sitting still in almost near darkness and neither of us had said anything to each other yet. Across from us on the other side of the fire, we could hear footsteps and they sounded like somebody was running and they, then they would slow to a walk and then they would run again. And it was definitely on two legs by the sounds of it. They were pacing back and forth over the same spot, but then just like it started, it stopped with a softer crunch on like the underbush. And I knew by the sound of it, it had taken a crouch. I was crouched still as well. And I knew I was staring right at it in the dark. My friend grabbed my shoulder and said, buddy. And when he did, I felt the surge of fear come over me. I could feel it and I could hear it in him. And I'd been so fixated on the footsteps and rationalizing what it was and what I had heard that I haven't even considered being afraid. But at this point, it was true fear. And I felt completely helpless. I could hear my friend after a while grab some leaves and he dropped them on the fire. And for a split second, the leaves covered the fire. We were all of a sudden in pure darkness. Then the fire sprang back to life and we both grabbed more leaves and brush and threw it on the fire. We got some sticks and logs on there and neither of us took our eyes off the spot where we heard the person crouch down or moved really for over an hour. Finally, the leaves started crunching again and whatever it was slowly walked away. Whatever it was had sat crouched watching us without moving for far longer than any animal normally would. And it wasn't until after the footsteps disappeared and I realized that the smell had disappeared as well. It had smelled like a paper mill, spoiled eggs almost. For the rest of the night, besides whispered remarks, neither of us really moved or stopped looking at the spot. Nobody went into the tent, and I had a very short light sleep uh, sitting on the ground with my head rested on my hands. My friend never went to sleep. In the morning, we packed up and silently walked home. To this day, when we talk about it, or sorry, and to this day we talk about it. In the seven to eight years since this has happened, my forester friend has never camped by himself ever again. That's crazy. Also weirdly reminds me of your story that you just told. I know, right? Where it's like something that like you, like you don't really know what it is, but like just like alarm bells in the back of your head and just does not sit well with you. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like it's, they probably got out of that situation okay because they were both familiar enough with the woods i feel like it might have had a very different ending if they were like oh this was our first time ever camping in the woods yeah i think it would be a different ending if whoever it was that was watching them uh thought that they would be easier to take advantage of like if they just like were busy like you know like dabbing it up or doing whatever teenage boys do in the woods at night mm-hmm. uh and like didn't notice that somebody was there like they might have actually gotten like attacked literally i feel like it's because they like that gut feeling and like recognizing like something's not right here mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what saved them <laughs> oh absolutely right and it really does make you think about some of these other things right so that's my one story and now i have my second one Okay, so this one is from user six strings sh- or six string shadow shadows, six string shadows. <laughs> okay, blah, blah, blah. so um, here's how it goes. A few years back, my girlfriend and I, having hiked several other parts of the Appalachian Trail, decided we wanted to give the southern portion of Virginia's trail a shot. 
It is about 166 miles long and runs through George Washington and Jefferson National Forests from uh, Renoke County to Parisburg in Giles County. And this is definitely one of the more remote and less traveled parts of the trail, which is kind of more what we, we were looking for. Um, we gathered our gear and made our way to the start of the Virginia Creeper Trail and began our journey. We had planned our journey to end kind of around Damascus and figured by that time that we got there, we would be more than ready to go home and kind of be back in our own beds. So basically, uh, the trail that they picked, I looked it up. Um, it's basically a day hike. And so they had a plan for wherever they got off, they would be able to like cap basically to where they were staying. So okay. it's just like a, a regular day hike. Right. Um, so it was early October and the changing of the leaves and the colors were amazing. Um, the air was crisp and cool, perfect hiking weather, and it was just beautiful scenery. The majority of the trip was pretty uneventful, you know, just your typical hike. But our last couple of nights there is where it got weird. Um, on this portion of the trail, you were supposed to camp on the trail or in a designated shelter. So um, the trail that they're on, like I said, it's like a day hike, but there is the option of doing a longer one. So I, like reading this story, I think I understand what they were doing, which is just basically hiking the different trails in the area but on the one they recommend doing an over like an overnight stay and then finishing the rest of it in the morning right okay so they were just doing a portion of it instead of like the full thing yeah but um i think if i'm understanding correctly on this particular one they were planning to stay the night like this was like their last night of being in the area for the hike so they wanted to do the overnight okay gotcha gotcha yeah which is, this is an important detail. So we didn't really want to run into other people and we didn't want anyone coming up on us in the middle of the night. So we decided to ignore those suggestions and find our own little spot off the trail. A little searching around and we found a spot a little ways off the trail in the middle of a small clearing. It was perfect. We set up camp, cooked some food, talked for a while, and then snuggled up and went to sleep for the night. Somewhere around 2 a.m., I was awoken by my girlfriend shaking me awake, telling me, get your gun, someone is outside walking around our tent. She informed me that she woke up to what sounded like somebody right outside of the tent running a knife or something along the side of it while they were circling us. Mm, okay, I hate that. Oh, it gets worse, don't worry. Perfect so, for uh, an October night, I suppose. Literally, and like, just keep in mind too that like this trail, they have this thing where they're like, either stay in these shelters that we have built on the trail, which like... It, it, they kind of look similar to, like, what we have in Alberta, where they're just, like, little, like, cabin shelters that you can stay in for free, like, if you find them. Like, right. you know what I mean? So they're either that or, like, designated camping areas. So they've basically said fuck it to both of them because they don't want to see anybody else and picked a spot off the trail. And now this is happening. So there isn't supposed to be anybody else there. I hate that. Right? So when hiking, I care a 1911 and a judge with me, with me or, which are, like, uh, types of guns. So uh, you never know exactly who or what you might run into when you're on a long hike in a remote location. I was trying to be pre be prepared. So I got the judge out of my pack and we sat silently listening for any sounds. A few minutes of nothing and then the breeze blowing through the trees and then I heard it. Snap, crunch, snap, someone or something walking in the woods behind our tent. I got the flashlight and silently made my way out of the tent, which like could not be me. Mm -mm. Even if I had a weapon... Fuck it. I would not be leaving that tent. But, um, 
So, I got the flashlight and silently made my way out of the tent. Our fire had went out, so it was nearly pitch black outside. Illuminated by only the dim glow of the moon, I told my girlfriend to stay put while I checked it out. I didn't even, I didn't flick on the flashlight on right away, as I didn't want to give away that I was outside of the tent. And it would be, like, a, a beacon of, like, where I was, in case somebody's looking to hurt them, right? Yeah. Um, so instead, I waited to hear more noises. After a few minutes, I heard it again, the snapping and the crunching, and it sounded like it was a bipedal based on the way the steps were placed, so you could tell it had two legs, and it probably wasn't an animal. Um, I turned on the flashlight and flooded the area with light, and then I saw someone move behind a tree. I yelled out and told them to go away and that I was armed. I kept the light on the area with my gun drawn and slowly approached towards the area where I thought I saw the figure. Then from my right, I heard sounds of somebody running away through the woods. I spin and face my light that way, and then from the original spot, hear who or whatever it was take off into the woods. So more than one person. Yeah, I hate this even more. So there was no way I was going to chase them, so I returned back to the campsite, and I tell my girlfriend about what happened, and I ended up sitting guard outside the tent in the darkness until daybreak in case they came back. In the morning, I looked around for bits of signs for whoever or whatever it was, and I discovered a boot print and some soft dirt, like, not far from our tent. It wasn't mine, and it wasn't my girl's, and it freaked me out because it confirmed that somebody, perhaps more than one person like I had originally thought, had been hanging around our tent in the dark. And I kept it to myself because I didn't want to freak her out any more than she already was. And at this point, we were pretty deep in the woods still and and had maybe about two days left of hiking. So that day, we walked a little faster than normal and covered as much ground as possible. So when it came time to set up camp... I found a spot near a cliff where we would place the tent in a small overhang and, pre- and prevent anyone from coming up behind us. The whole day, up until this point, I had a feeling that we were being followed. I had no confirmation of this as I hadn't seen or heard anyone else, but it was a gut feeling that I couldn't really explain. And then we set up camp, made some food, and retreated to the tent. I gave my girl the 1911 and I kept the judge right next to me and I assured her that if I fell asleep at all, it would be with one eye open. After a while, she ended up drifting off to sleep, and I stayed awake listening to the sounds of the woods at night. So, I was awake for about a few hours, just waiting to see if anything was going to happen. At this point, though, I think my exhaustion caught up with me, and I drifted off a bit. And I awoke sometime later to what sounded like somebody going through our stuff outside of the tent. I grabbed my gun and woke up my girlfriend, shushing her to be quiet. From the faint glow of the fire, I could see someone's silhouette up against the tent. There actually was somebody out there, and I yelled out to them something along the lines of, We are armed. Get the fuck out of here. And they dropped what they were doing, and they bolted. I came out of the tent, gun drawn and ready to shoot. Our stuff had been strewn about everywhere. They had rummaged through quite a bit of our things, and I walked to the edge of the woods in the direction of whoever had fled. There was a creek nearby, and I walked to the edge, and there was a small trail running along beside it. Down the creek, I could see a light, and it looked like a lantern by the way it was flickering, and I saw about three more of them emerge from the other side of the woods. I told my girlfriend to start packing up whatever she could and that we were going to be leaving now. We packed up everything of value, left the tent and a few other items, and headed back to the trail in the middle of the night. I kept hearing people uh, talking off in the woods and hearing branches snap for quite a ways. I kept looking behind us every few seconds to make sure nobody was coming up on us, and it was the most nerve-wracking experience of my life. If something happened, we were still a long ways from anywhere and quite literally on our own since we hadn't seen another hiker the entire time that we'd been on this trail and I felt like we were in serious danger. 
So we had been walking for quite a while when I heard something in the woods again. As we rounded the corner, um, I saw someone step out onto the trail and just stand there watching us. It was just as the sun was starting to come up and there was barely any light outside and I couldn't make out any features on them, just the silhouette. I stopped and looked at them for a second and asked who they were and what they wanted. They just stood there silently watching and then turned and walked back into the woods. We picked up the pace and kept going, looking back every so often, and we didn't see them again, but my gut told me they were probably still there for a while. And we reached the end of the trail and got to where we'd parked my girlfriend's car, just exhausted. We made it out of the woods without becoming a meal for a clan of cannibalistic inbred hillbillies, which is what I had pictured happening in my head the whole time. I have no idea who they were or what they wanted, and maybe it was just somebody messing with us, but I'm not really sure. Uh, I will never know, I guess, uh, who or uh, who exactly was hunting us, and I will never be coming back to find out um, the truth. And that's the end of their story. Horrifying. The hills have eyes in real life. Literally. So that is the thing that I was trying to, like, like not exactly give away. But that is one of the things about the Appalachian Mountains, where there are a lot of stories of people who have not seen other people and have, like, bred with their families so much. And it is so rural that they do not see other people as being people, but rather animals to hunt and eat horrifying genuinely my worst nightmare and you know this took place in america because of the guns and i had a very similar experience in america actually not really but in my head it was (laughs) (laughs) right i know funny enough reading that story reminded me of your story about when uh, you and john were cruising in the woods and being tailgated by a beat-up pickup truck it's true and he joked about the hills of eyes because it's about hillbilly cannibals in the freaking woods. So uh, I am afraid. Yes. Yep. So that that is basically the gist of the Appalachian Mountains is that uh, a lot of people believe that they're full of cannibals. There's been lots of stories of people being hunted by other people that they can't really see when they're up there. Um, that's why they also have a lot of those designated shelters. And that's why there's that recommendation to not go off the trail. Because a lot of these places have like territories that belong to certain people and they don't really know who's out there and um on top of that there's also some windy boy legends that are out there as well because that ties in with the cannibalism and um it also explains the being welcoming to strangers and like some of those other things that i mentioned to you freaking spooky dude very spooky but that concludes my story for you, uh, my, my two-parter about the Appalachian Mountains, because you can't have one without the other. You certainly can't. Yep. Before we go, we have to spin for our topic for our first week of Spooky Season episodes. Yes, so, I hope you're all ready. It'll be very exciting. Yes, spin away, Em. <laughs> Looks like we're doing local spooky legends. Ooh, I am actually pretty excited for that one. Ooh, I, mm, I gotta do some research. I, I want this to be a gooder, so we'll we'll put something together for you guys, and we'll make sure that uh, we ourselves are ready for spooky season. Mentally, I am ready, but physically, I am not. I gotta get my my pumpkin spice going here soon. Exactly, and in case you're new here. How our most wonderful spooky episodes work is for the month of October, we 
do Spooktober, so we spin for a topic, and both Emily and I will be sharing a story related to that topic until the end of October. Yes, so the it is our Spooktober saga, and uh, this is the one time of year where you get to get a little something from both of us per episode. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun. I always have fun, anyways. Me too. I'm very much looking forward to it. And so with that, that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to leave us a review, um, we are available, obviously, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, five stars helps us reach out to more listeners, so that would be greatly appreciated. Besides that, um, we also have a website, which is www.wheelcrime.com if you'd like to check us out there. Uh, we are also available on social media for any show updates that you might want to be a part of, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wheel of Crime. And if you have your own story or anything you'd like to, to share with us, we're always open to uh, speaking with our listeners. And that is, uh, you can contact us through email, which is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. And uh, we also have Patreon if you want to donate to the show and get a little something, something for your efforts. That is Wheel of Crime on Patreon. But that is actually it. And that is actually all for today. <laughs> so we will. That s- it is. <laughs> so we'll see you next week for another new episode. Okay, bye. Bye.